Well, hello once again. Another edition of Cause Accurate Podcast here. This time, my guest is going to be none other than the raging redneck, Ray Geddes. And there's something I have to uh, disclose to every single one of you before this podcast starts. There was a little bit of uh, connection issues between myself and Ray. I can't really determine at this moment who was responsible, whether it was his internet acting up or my internet acting up. But either way, this podcast, hopefully you'll be able to follow, but there is points where Ray goes in and out during it. Um, I don't think it'll be uh, too detrimental to the point where you don't understand any of it, but there is going to be points where it's going to be hard to follow because for some reason on his end, he just goes in and out. But that definitely does not happen within the next two podcasts I already have recorded. I made sure that those were okay. So, as of right now, the Ray one only seems to have this problem, but the next two will not. So, without further ado, enjoy this next podcast that's coming up, which is me and Ray Geddes. So, let's take it away. Three, two, one. Well, we got the raging redneck, ladies and gentlemen. The master of the red eye himself, Ray Geddes. How you doing, man? Glad, glad to be here. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed. I thought you were going to break in and be like, uh, 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 ready to get us here. Or something like that. Uh, on all of these podcasts like this, I just, I'm just i just normally just myself. That ain't yeah. right. Uh, uh, well, so, so far, I've done four. I mean, as of this recording, only three are up. The fourth one will be up soon. Uh, everyone I've gotten on thus far has had the same quality to them. They've had or have a Cawfed, uh, running up. You run GSF. And I try to implore people who have run a Cawfed, myself included, I've done it before. This shit is hard to anybody who doesn't know the, the, the inner workings of it. Why don't you relate to everybody, like, how aggravating... I I shouldn't say aggravating, because obviously we have to like it at some regard if we're going to do it. But just know what you're getting yourself into when you actually do one of these. It all all depends on how much work you want to put into it, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, If uh, some people just kind of throw a show together... You know, I mean, that's, that's just how it is with, with some shows. Uh, but with me, you know, like my last one took six months to make. And it wasn't because I wasn't, you know, because I was like take a break here and there. It's because I was really, really, you know, working on it. It just took that long because I had to work around my, my real work schedule mm-hmm. and family and you know, I'd stay up late and do it when I could, but I mean, there's just so much I tried to put into it that it just, it just takes a little while. Are you, and, I'm sorry, go ahead. But that, I mean, that's part of hard running a, a car show. That's part of it. You know, like I said, it, it just depends on how much time you want to put into it, whether or not, how, how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. Now, are you like a Scott we had on the show? And Scott is one of those guys. He, he said it himself. 
he's a, a completionist. Or no, I shouldn't say completion. I'm sorry. The proper term is perfectionist. Do you? So I'm, one of, I'm one of those too. Yes. So like, <laughs> are you one of those people that the second you watch your show, you're seeing like, oh no, wait, this ain't right. I gotta fix this. And are oh, oh, are you also one of those people that as soon as the show's uploaded, you take a look at it and you're just like, God damn it, I could have I could have done something different with that. Uh, I mean. It- Every aspect of it, I look at it and say I could have done something different. But the majority of it, you know, because I've done so much with it and 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 made it how I really wanted it to begin with, most of it I'm, I'm good with. But, you know, there's, there's a piece here and there that I, you know, as I'm watching through it, like even watching Get the FN with everybody on, on the YouTube premiere, you know, I'm sitting here looking. I'm critiquing myself the whole time. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I should I should have done this here, especially, and not so much with editing as much because I di- I think I did a pretty good job with the editing. I critique my commentary because my commentary sucks. <laughs> oh boy, no! You're, <laughs> no, you're... Ryan will tell you if Ryan will tell you different. RPJ will. Oh. He'll tell you different. He said he say I'm not too bad, but uh, he, that he's heard worse. But with me, I, I you know I'm better at it. I'm just not where I want to be with commentary yet. Dude, I don't think you'll ever be as bad as me. I always felt like I was bad because I don't know every single move, and a lot of these uh, guys will have finishers. Like, let's say, for example, myself in COH, I have what is the basically the sweet chin music, but obviously mine is called the Arrogance Kick, and I've tried to change the name to Funarchy Kick, but it doesn't really ring well. Uh, the Arrogance Kick came from YTCW when my nickname was Captain Arrogance. Uh, but I, I couldn't understand how somebody would not remember that because, all right, let's see. Uh, I was a wrestling fan since 1995. Uh, I know it as the Sweet Chin Music. It's basically imprinted in my head that it's the Sweet Chin Music. So trying to call it something else, it's just, it's hard. It's it's because your, your mind is so produced to it. Even with, like, let's say yourself. You have the stunner as your finisher, but like if I was to do commentary as Stephen Meadows, I would constantly forget that your finisher is called the Red Eye. It's like I, I, I'm so imprinted in my head. It's the stunner, the Stone Cold Stunner. That's where my critique comes in, and even simple moves like an Alabama Slam, I'll probably forget at some point. It's called the Alabama Slam. I, I'm just bad with move names. Well, that's where that's where I am too. I, I, I'm better at, uh, I guess the part of it i guess than the actual calling of the match mm-hmm. and calling move names and everything uh yeah I'm, I'm not great at that and uh ryan ryan had to go on the main event forget the fn so i was like man i, I got to try to up my game on this so you know i, I think i did pretty good by myself that was the first time doing commentary by myself first time you actually had like a co-commentator with you yeah, i've had rpj with me Throughout the whole, he had to go, he had to work uh, the next morning, I believe, and uh, was tired because well, we you know we wound up doing commentary late because, like I said, everything I do, I have to do late at night if I'm going to get work on something. And, and so, but uh, he had to go, and then I, I called the main event by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty good job on it, though. I mean, it was the main event. I knew, you know, it's my show, so I know about it. And uh, it's pretty good. That's the best match I called, I believe. 
Right. It it would probably be like I said, it would be probably better than me because again, with, with I always feel like two commentators always help because uh, if you, you if can you're like off of each other. Well, not to, yeah, you can bounce off each other, and it's always good to have a babyface heel dynamic. I know uh, way back before the 80s, it probably wasn't like that, uh, where you had, like, uh, I don't, uh, Gordon Soley, or um, I forget the commentator from the Memphis Territory, uh, oh, Lance Russell. Uh, they were pretty much solo commentators, and I don't understand how those two were able to just call action by themselves. Like, I am so imprinted with the idea of, like, a Gorilla Monsoon, Jesse the Body Ventura type, or everybody knows Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, or Jerry, JR and Jerry Lawler. It, 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 to me, you need that heel dynamic to kind of uh, establish, and, and I think that's a problem today, not just with Call, but... It, I, well, Call actually gets the idea, but wrestling in general, is that the commentators are telling you the story, the, the, the filling in the blanks, and... Uh, they, they they drill in your head who's the babyface and who's the heel, and that's something that wrestling obviously doesn't have right yeah. now. Uh, uh, well, with GSF, I'm not really. I'm afraid to go like babyface mm-hmm. common commentator, but so so is RPJ on there. And the reason I'm I'm afraid to go too much into my to a heel character, I'm afraid I'll sound too much like Raging Redneck on commentary. And I don't want to sound like Raging Redneck on commentary because he's actually on the show and, you know, the general manager of the show, he was a champion up to this, this last time. And, uh, which I'd set all that up mm-hmm. to pass the torch on. I figured with my man being well known of the GSF guys, let him be champion, let him lose to, someone in that way to automatically give them and, no. and put them over. So what are you doing with your fed? That's different from everybody else. Cause to stick out, you have to do something just a tad different from the rest of them. Like RPG. Everything, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Everything, everything's done in a highlight reel with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use tons of green screen. Uh, like I was working on a segment right before we got on here that I'm I'm doing I mean the whole thing because okay if you look at your segment with people talking mm-hmm. they don't have anything where there's two people talking there's another person in the ring while somebody else is talking on the mic alright so I've green screened my phone I've green screened Slayer he's on every single piece every time you see Ike to see Slayer with him. Mm-hmm. And I've just taken pieces from the game is what I've done uh, and gotten close up. But, but you can't tell. If you, if I wasn't telling you that was green screen, you wouldn't know. I, I, it's I, part of the game. I did notice that during your CROH run, you did a lot of green screening. And I know at some point the WWE games had the green screen effect. They did. About 2014 was the last time they had that. 
I wonder why they got rid of them, because they were pretty essential if you wanted to add some real cool stuff to it, especially for, like you said, highlight reels. They, they've got them on, on 2K14 was last time they had it for THQ, and 2K15 didn't have it, mm-hmm. 16 didn't have it, 17 didn't have it, and then this year, 18, 18 and 19, they have green screen back on it. You can like actually put it in the game. Uh, like on 18, it takes, okay, say I want to have a, and I just did this the other day, and I posted it on the call workshop, uh, interview segment backstage, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, uh, they would take the mic out. It takes the mic out. When you take the background and stuff out of it, mm-hmm. it takes the mic out of the hand, so it just looks like they're holding an imaginary, you know, so, uh, just think about it for a second. I'm not going to like detail, but you know, it looks like they're, they're not holding where the mic's supposed to be. They're not holding anything. So, but see, and on 19, it's the green screen's messing up. Like you can go and do the green screen and, and then put the green filter in where it's supposed to be. And it's not. I don't know. It's a, it's a glitch in the game, or or what they did there. Something happened with programming, or what. But so you know, I want my I want, I want my interviewer to have a mic backstage if she's interviewing somebody. So that's what I did. That's the problem with having all of these things. I I could just imagine if the WWE games were produced by Electronic Arts because. The Electronic Arts games for Madden have been absolutely atrocious, especially the last one, if you've seen some of the clips. The, uh, 2K has the same problems, in a, in a sense, they're not as bad as EA, uh, with the loot crates and all that, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but I do feel, though, uh, the, the games themselves, while they, they are much more realistic in action... Um, no, because the one criticism I had of the games were when somebody does a finisher, let's just say, and let's say you kick out and the match continues, the guy just springs up right away. And I'm not a fan of that. I like a guy slowly getting up. Uh, I like the, the, the selling of a move. Um, I don't like that whole just springing right up as soon as you just got hit with something. So I do like yeah. that, but now the games are more susceptible to certain glitches. Like e- even in 2K19, I don't even have to try hard, and I'll get, I'll see a glitch here and there. Uh, but then again, I haven't run a call fit on 2K19, so I could just imagine uh, going back to what we were saying: how hard it's run to call to call to run a call fit. Uh, you being a perfectionist, if you run into a moment where there's a glitch, I'm assuming you just stop the match and restart. Yeah. yeah, well, highlight reels, because I use 18 right now. I'm not going to switch over to a 20, and that's if green screen comes back and all that. And imagine, every 20 seconds, I'm recording highlight reel. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm recording the uh, the actual sound of the game or the actual footage that you you know that you see when you're playing. Then I go in and I record the highlight reel. So if something happens and I see it right there, I then start it back from that point. I'll drag to whoever, you know, say somebody was laying on the ground at a certain spot on the ring. When I go back in and do the match, because I use two controllers, 
I'll just go and put them, you know, drag them there, knock them down, and drag them there, and then get set back up like it like it never even happened. But because I use highlight reel, you can't tell where I stopped and where I started. Mm -hmm. Every every four to five seconds, I'm switching angles, just like you're watching real wrestling. So. How, how much do you rely on? I, I, when I ran SWA the last time, I only ran about like four or five shows. Um, I am one of those people that believes that you can tell a story in the ring. How, how much do, of that do you rely on in in your show? Like, do you rely on some of the, the matches to tell your stories? Yeah, very much. Yeah. Because. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't see a lot of companies doing that. Like, I, I said on this show, the only criticism I have of ECW, El Dorado Championship Wrestling, and it's not really him, a lot of people do this, is that they rely on a lot of spots and they just lose their luster after a while and it becomes like, like, you probably have seen this in your time being a wrestling fan. You probably have seen a match where you think that they did way too much and it just lost its luster after the X spot. Uh, it's, it's in the same vein if you watch a tag team match. It was a Ring of Honor tag team match I was watching years ago. The simplest way to do a tag match is the baby faces, they do, they go on fire for a bit. The heels cut them off. Both the heels work on the one guy. They build and build and build and build and build to the moment where the baby face, uh, makes the hot tag. And then the, uh, the other baby face just goes crazy. And then, then you build up to the finish. Well, they tried to do that, except when they got the hot tag and he's going wild, they wrestle for like another 10 minutes going back and forth and the crowd just completely died. And I feel like if you were to take El Dorado Championship Wrestling and put it in the real world, I would feel like he, the crowd would be like completely exhausted at that point. Um, so that's really my only criticism. Do you feel that that also exists in Cobb? That exists in Cobb. I think Ryan Ryan does a great job with with it. Now he's be, he'll be the first to tell you though that it's go a little longer than what he expected him to. Uh, and it's because he's trying to get a bunch of spots in there. But Jay he does an excellent job. I mean, you know, with with everything. And uh, me and him talk quite often about uh, and and different things, aspects of editing and everything almost on a daily basis about things. You know, I'll see him, I'll send him something to look at and get, get his opinion. He'll send me something, to look at it and get my opinion. So. Well, yeah, I, I, I have seen Ryan Paul Jones's influence really reflect on other companies because now they're taking a lot of what he did and possibly what you did and put them into their shows because now Travis has even done the same with his show. He'll, he's got the, the cut camera angles. And it mm -hmm. that's the one thing I will definitely have to give RVJ. But by the same token now, it's like... You just added another depth layer to the editing process for some of these people. So it's like, um, it, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like you sent a positive and a negative all at once, even though there's more positive than there is negative in the outcome. Well, my thing, I know that, you know, some people aren't never going to change how they edit and do stuff, okay? Mm -hmm. now, I give little tips on call workshop all the time. Now, I don't know how much, I never get much feedback about it. 
on Kyle Workshop every time I post something and showing just a tip about green screen, about something with editing, he always gets back. He wants to learn. He wants to know how I did that so he can do it on on his show, BCW. Uh, but aside from him and talking to Ryan and uh, Sean and well, so I talk about with this Matt Black. He don't run a show, but he he does with the, you know, really. Oh, I've I've shared some stuff with Travis about green screen and stuff. Uh, not many people really get back to you on it, and that that drives me crazy. I, I look at something and I think, hey, how can I improve this? Mm-hmm. I make this better. I mean. Yeah, I enjoy watching the matches and stuff. But I like to see some different angles every now and then. I don't want to just see the same static camera angle all the time. Like, like you're watching it on TV. Why not make it like that? Do you think that the issue well, with what you just said, nobody like taking advice or giving advice, do you think that's not just a problem with editing, but do you think that's also a problem with promos and a problem with just booking and all that in general? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a problem in general. I mean, well, I can't... If my my guys in my fed, if they come to me with something, I'm going to listen to them and see what what they've got to say, at least for booking-wise. Uh... And they'll tell me different spots they think would be cool. Or, uh, with Isaac here for this segment, you know, it's something that it goes back to the 2014 games where you had one of the cut scenes where you choke slam, slam somebody and it through the ring and fire comes up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm doing a remake of that on the team but they don't have that that cutscene in the game anymore they have very few cutscenes in the game actually now compared to what it was then but the thing about like with highlight reel and with green screen you can make any kind of cutscene you want to Mm -hmm. whatever you want to you can do it I mean the capabilities are there it's just you get to be creative with it every now and then and do it and it's I mean it's a hobby to me Doing something, you know, make it for something that somebody wants to watch. So, uh, speaking of like all of what you just said, um, I had Sean Walsh on my last podcast, and and I'm ashamed that I didn't bring this up in the others, but I did get to bring it up with Sean. Uh, as you mentioned, this is a hobby. We're here to have fun with it. Um, yeah. I, I just want to get your opinion on this. This is because we can't prove this. This is just obviously all opinions. But why do you think that this hobby that we do is mostly male dominated and why there aren't enough females in, indulging in this hobby? And what do you think can be done to bring in more girls? Uh as far as females doing this, not many of them. I mean, there's some females that are into video games. But most of the time they're into different things than guys. And, uh, and this is basically this is a guy thing, I guess, more than more than females. Some, some females, you know, do do this. You know, I have a 
a couple of vo- that do voices for me, like with my interviews and stuff. So, uh, but, and I think, uh, X, yeah. And his, uh, his fed has a couple, couple girls in it. But, uh, but are they but, girls? I mean, it's, it's, are, are, are they girls that are like they actually like this stuff, or are they girls that are just asked to do this as a favor? It's more of a, with my sister's girls, it's just asked to do this. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as a favor, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, when I started, there were about, as I mentioned to Sean, there were about six, I said, and yeah. only one of them was in it for the long haul. The other, there was three of them that were, like, they were the typical, I call them the typical call wrestler, where at first they're into it, like they're super into it, and then just somewhere along the way they just got bored and just stopped uh, entertaining the idea, like uh, most guys that come in, they look at it as, oh my god, this is so cool, I can be a pro wrestler and then the the novelty wears off very quickly for them and that's what happened for the three girls that were involved and i can't even remember the other oh yeah the other two that i had thought about were girls that were just like you said asked to do it and they just said okay and they did but only one was in it for the long haul and she stopped doing it mainly because there are no other girls to cut promos against so she's basically cutting promos against uh ghosts and when she said, you know what, let me try being a manager, see if I can cut promos on guys, it just wasn't the same for her. So she basically just said, okay, I guess I've done what I could. And just left. Oh, like I said, guys and guys and girls are in different things. You know, I mean, it's, it's always been like that. It's always going to be like that. Mm-hmm. This is... Uh, when I think about a wrestling fan, guys being bigger wrestling fans than girls, bigger sports fans than girls most of the time. You know, you've got your few out there that you know that are that are tomboys and they love they love you know all sports. But uh, I mean, for, for the most part, I mean that's that's how it is. That's how it's always been. It's, it's just interesting because a lot of companies, like a DCA, for example, they have a women's uh, division. Don't get, me, don't get me started on on, on the girl guys playing the girls. <laughs> See, I guys didn't even know that. I, yeah. I, thought, I thought he did the whole text where, oh, he's going to have like the little... Yeah, text, okay, but, but you have like... Like... Uh, and Sean's talked about this and RVJ too. Uh, in length, you have all these, but they're 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 made by the male. Mm-hmm. Maybe not voiced by the male, but they're texts like that by the male. And and I don't want to read a text promo anyway. Right. Here. Where that that's where your you know your females come in, and uh, I think if you're going to have a women's division, East, 
of you can count on for that. I mean, even if one, even if, even if they voiced two, two of the wrestlers, say you had ten female wrestlers, right, in a company, and you had five females to play the parts. You know, even if they voiced two of the same, you know, two characters for each one. I mean, you know, situation there. You know, at least having four or five voices for it, but text promo anyway. And I and I know you're like that. About like that. They don't want to read text promo. I mean, it really all depends on the company in and of itself. Uh, if it's a COH, it would come off very weird that certain people are doing text and certain people are doing voice. Um, I don't really follow fantasy feds now. The only ones I did were No DQ Call and SMF. And SMF was basically full of text. So at that time, I didn't mind because every character was doing a text promo. So, and, and not to mention, it, it was its own thing. Like, SMF was a comedy promotion. So, yeah. It, yeah. It, it gave it its own flair. Uh, and, and not of Rick, but the, it gave itself its own flair. Uh, no SMF, what year was that? What year was that? Oh, my God. When I started watching them, it was 2006. And I kind of stopped watching them about two years later. Because the jokes kind of wore thin with me. They were kind of doing the same jokes over and over uh, without giving. uh, I mean, there are jokes that are timeless. I'll give you that. I just felt like the jokes that SMF was running with weren't timeless. There was a shelf life to them. And it just didn't really uh, resonate with me after a while. And I just stopped watching um, I didn't hate it. Um, I know people who did hate the company, but I felt like they were at least having fun, and I can't, I can't get mad at a company for having fun. So, yeah. Well, my thing, the reason I'm saying, asking what year that was, that's 2006, right? Maybe everybody didn't have a smartphone. Everybody didn't have a smartphone at that point. No. Most people today have a smartphone. Okay, you have a way to record your voice. I mean, because that's 13 years worth of technology that has come along. Unless you are one of these characters, unless it's a fantasy fed, you know, you can't do Spider-Man's voice and the Hulk's voice and, you know, the, all that. I mean, I understand if you, you know, or even for females because you don't have the females in there, but cut a promo technology to cut the promo very many people out now that's doing text promos um i mean with smf it was a fantasy league so it it, it it obviously helped it wasn't a an original call promotion with original stars although i think they may have had two or three as part of their car search but for the most part, it was a fantasy fed with Bob Saget. They had uh, yeah. The Rock, George Bush. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember George Bush was like their whole. Well, I can understand. Well, like, like for them, I'd understand having having uh, 
like the rock and i mean i mean but then again you could always go back and th- and take clips of what the rock said did and use them and, and put together a promo with that rock's actual voice that way i mean you could but if yeah. let's say the rock is feuding with like okay there was one point where the rock was feuding with george w bush how how would I mean you could formulate a promo, but if he was to mention George Bush by name, I don't believe there was many rock promos where he did mention the name George no. W. Bush. So no. no, you'd have to leave maybe his name out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, you are talking 2006, so it was definitely more of an early. Uh, it, it, the times have changed. Is all I'm trying to say. You know. Well, yeah, they definitely have. Yeah. Um. I I want to talk about Ray Geddes. The, the the obviously not the person, the character. Um, the character Ray Geddes is something I've never seen before. In a sense that you have probably out of every fan that I've ever seen, you have a fan base that is almost that of Metallica's fan base, where they're very passionate. They're very dedicated. Um, how did this fan base, how did you develop a fan base like this? Uh, I actually developed a lot of it back whenever I was on Community Creations, just doing GSF on Community Creations, and I was on a couple different shows there. People saw my character, you know, on Community Creations, there was no, I had to write out text promos because, you know, people put together a show. I don't know if you ever, ever like downloaded any, this was around 2010 or so. You could download the show of Community Creations on the thing because, you know, they had the story, story designer then. And uh, you could build your own show. Well, I built my own show with GSF. And I was on JTV and a couple of other shows. And between that and JTV was pretty big on there. And GSF was pretty big. And between the two fan bases, my fan base, they saw my character. They loved it. It just grew from that. And then when I told them, hey, when I quit GSF, when I quit doing it on community creations around 2013 i said hey i'm gonna try my show anymore because of me going back to school and doing stuff you know i'm gonna do i'll be able to just cut promos for one show another show which uh was ccl and then you know it got bigger there my fan base did even with, with ccl ccl's got i don't know Hundred subscribers, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, when I came there and I actually did voice promos, and it got even bigger. But I was, and some of our, some of my guys, are, you know, the fan base are from guys that are in GSF. You know, they didn't, they didn't make the crossover. Not many of them, anyway. From from GSF, the the cre- community creation of GSF, onto YouTube, like I did. But they still followed my guy, you know. I was doing with it. It's from a distance. Right. It, it, it's it's just, I've never seen such passion for a character. Like, 
I have seen your character do some real, and and the whole point was to be deplorable. Um, like the stuff that you were doing, like like especially if you do Patriot, this is just from my own uh, viewing. I can't speak for any other thing that he had done. You were doing stuff that got Colin Kaepernick a lot of heat. Uh, not, I mean, Colin Kaepernick was to a lesser degree, but I remember when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling in front of the national anthem or sitting down, there was some passionate hate. I mean, there was passionate love too from another side, so it was it was a mixture. But I had seen your character do stuff that if if passionate people who love their country were to see that, it would be such an insult to them or. If it was done in another country, I know Chris Jericho had a story where if he kicked a flag in Brazil, the 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 military wanted to tackle him in the middle of a match and arrest him right there on the spot. Um, you were doing stuff like that, though it was planned, and you were getting like all the support as 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 a heel. Like, is there something about the Ray Geddes character that just, like, attaches to these people? They just feel some sort of uh, connection that, despite all the despicable stuff, they just want to still cheer this guy. Yeah, I think so, in a sense. Uh, they relate to him somewhat. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the guys, you know, he's redneck. Mm-hmm. People that are my fans, whatever they, they're rednecks. <laughs> and I mean, I can't, there's no other word to describe them. Yes, mm -hmm. they are. Uh, of course, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you see things that are similar to you. Hey, you know, like Ray's not, he's got some, uh, but I mean, you know, I think you see him. And, you know, he says some things, he does some things, and, you know, he says some things that you, some people wish they could say every day. Work. Tell somebody off every once in a while. Uh, but you hold that you hold that back. But with Ray, you know, he don't hold that back, With character-wise. You know, uh, he just goes in and says whatever he says and does what he does, and, you know, some people with that maybe they connect with him being similar and like i said with rednecks or whatever i don't know but whatever it is they they like him I, I, and i appreciate all the fan support i really do because when i brought him on i never thought he'd you know he's a steve austin 2.0 but he's being on him and stuff, but he, but he's he's based off the character Stone Cold. I mean, anybody that don't see that is is blind. Anybody that says he's just like Stone Cold though is also blind because I've thrown in lots of other stuff and, and I use my own lines, my own my own spin on him. I guess. Well, that was another thing I wanted to bring up. Obviously. I can relate to what you're saying because um, a lot of my inaccuracy influences is from the, the Heath Ledger Joker. But does it bother you when you get that criticism? I know Cause.ws 
uh, invaded your page and basically just said you were nothing more than a Steve Austin ripoff. Does that bother you, or do you just say, you know what, these are just people who don't even know what the hell they're talking about? Uh, it don't really bother me. It used to whenever I first started it. Because, you know, I was trying to make him mine and make him different in certain things. But but now, you know, people are going to see what they see. And, you know, people, I'm doing something right. Like I wouldn't have any fans. So if I can get more people like me or be a fan of mine than not, then I'm good with that. I did something right. I could see that. I could definitely agree with that. I, 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 I sort of have that philosophy, but I've always felt like I always ask myself, what can I do different with myself? I mean, I always try to jam it in my head that, yes, you should know that if the people are liking it, you're doing something right. And I know you're your own worst critic. But at some point, you got to tell yourself, if the people are liking you and you're being put in in well-adjusted spots, maybe that that little voice in your head, you should give it a good slap across the face and be like, shut the F up. Just just go on and do what you're doing because people are liking it. But... mm -hmm. With him, basically, I mean, I... I could have done another character. I mean, you know, I've got characters on GSF, but... A couple of them were mine, you know. I could have done that, and, but to go to YouTube. But he, his was the one everybody liked. Like on community creation, that's just, I said, you know, I'm gonna go with him. I've got the voice for it, and uh, I can other than accent down pat because that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Uh, we don't have me and Austin. Though, don't have the same accent. He's from Texas. Hmm. I'm from uh, the Carolinas. And yeah. I, um. You know, there there's a couple of other characters. I don't recall if they're your characters or if they are characters that uh, were portrayed by people that you know personally. But I know. Uh, the Rogue Sharks, and I believe they were the Outcasts that were uh, also in Sea Weech at some point. Uh, were these in your inventions, or were they inventions of somebody else? Inventions of someone else. Uh-huh. I, I know one of them sounded almost similar to, I can't remember, I think it was the Roger Terry uh, character. The Rogue Shark, yeah, and uh, I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh my my cousin Ryan, not RPJ, and he don't didn't want all this known. But you know, it's gonna it's gonna come out in a storyline here before long anyway. With him and Jay Crack and GS GSF, he's deaf. Yeah. Well, he can't cut, he can't cut his own promo. Mm-hmm. So he, he would write them for me, and then I would cut the promo for him. Mm-hmm. Write out what he wanted, then I'd cut the promo for me. So, but he didn't want everybody to know that. So I would just deny it when somebody asked me. Wow. Until here recently, then he's like, you know, whatever. And I, cause I told him, I told him before, you know, that everybody knows that's me. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's me. <laughs> and I can't change my voice to keep from sounding like him. But it, but it was actually, you know, it it was his words. 
I'm just being his voice. Right. But you, I, I can understand him perfectly well. But if you were trying to talk to him, you wouldn't be able to understand him perfectly well. Right. So, so I'm his voice for him. But what about the other characters from the Outcast and Roger Terry's partner? That's like that's like Stone. I see. partner that's, that's Owen White. He's English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they they're their own people. They cut their own promos. Am I right? I because I, I I the, the Roger. I see what I was talking about a little while ago. Mm-hmm. But I said I was. I was doing, working on a segment for him mm-hmm. a little earlier today. Yeah. I, he get, sent me his promo in. And I was putting it together. He's feeding with Chris Knight. Wow, Chris Knight. That's a name I haven't heard in a bit. But um, I, I always wonder because the Roger Terry character always stuck out to me more so. Maybe because uh, when I was doing commentary for PCW, the, the Roger Terry character was actually used a little bit more frequently. But... Um, and I noticed that he had the traits, or the, the attire reminded me of a Chris Benoit, and that always just really stuck out to me. I don't think he was going for Chris Benoit, but it just, it, the attire itself was that of a Chris Benoit look. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look at his finishing move, mm. finishing move his finishing move, one of them is, he calls the Jaws of Death. All it is is the STF. Like a modified crossface, mm. you know, different, different kind of crossface. So I mean, it, he was probably going for a little bit more than what you mm. think. Now, um, I didn't meet you or didn't really notice of you until you actually came into COH. I'd seen your logo before, and this would be my first introduction to you. Uh, do you know, uh, or do you happen to recall your first interactions with Travis? Uh, Travis, a uh, message one day and join and COH, me on CCL or somewhere before. Mm-hmm. I remember right, and he 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 liked one of my promos or did something. It's been a while back; I don't remember exactly. But that was—I sent a message telling him I wanted to join COH. You know that I'd been watching it and and liked it, and you know, and he told me it was on Xbox. I don't have an Xbox. Um, uh, so you, you know, maybe I can make the character or borrow Isaac's Xbox and make it. And uh, made him beforehand. I just sent him the because uh, you know back then on two K fourteen face morphs and all that that were you could write down what they were and go from each year, you know. So I I sent him I had all that already and I sent him and he made him he just didn't didn't have the logo for him to put it on because all those were on at that time 
the logos I'd actually made, like with the paint tool on there. That was, cause that was before you could. Well, I think you could do some kind of hack, like like Scott was talking about. But I didn't know how to do that, so I just made all my logos with the paint tool. Right. Um. I I recall seeing your promos and. Admittedly, the first thing I thought of was, well, it's, it does remind me a hell of a lot of Steve Austin. And this, I think the first promo I had seen of you, you went right after the Patriot. And was there a goal in place or you just saw the Patriot and just like, you know what? It's something for me to do until I debut. Let me just go after this guy. Good much. <laughs> Pretty much, I just, you know, I, I, Travis hadn't told me when I was going to debut you or anything. I said, hell, I'm just going to cut a promo. Up there. Mm. You just I, think I, cut, I think I cut another one because I, did, I didn't get an answer from you. And I said, hell, they didn't answer me. So you know what? I'm going to cut a damn another one. <laughs> mm. And I saw all the likes and, and all of that. That's when I started to notice, <laughs> like, uh, wow, this is this is going to be one of those situations where the fans are really going to stick up for this guy because the, the way it was presented was that Travis wanted you to be the bad guy in this feud, and that's how it was presented. Uh, but they, your fans were just not going to boo you. They they had it set in their minds that that you're the good guy, and and Patriot was the ultimate bad guy to them. Yeah. Uh. I, mean, I, I can't help that, bud. I wish I could. Well, I mean, I would, I would yeah. gladly been a heel. My man, my man, uh, look at him. He's actually not a good guy at all. Mm-hmm. Watched NECCL lately. I'm feuding with Doc there. CL, uh, I can on up on there well Ike's character is which nobody nobody you know I've thrown p- bits and pieces in there on GSF Ike's character's the devil yo so and I've made I've made a deal with the devil on there and uh, I mean he's not a good guy well thinking about uh, talking about inspirations when you really put it into perspective Steve Austin when you really think about it, when you have to really put your mind to it, Steve Austin technically was not a good guy. He was the antithesis of what we would consider the traditional white meat babyface. He was the hero, but the attributes that he displayed were not that of a good man. This guy, uh, let's see, he, he filled cement up on a dude's car. Uh, he made a dude piss his pants after pointing a fake gun to his head. He invaded a hospital and beat the hell out of his, his evil boss. Uh, great. Oh, we, we all want to beat up our bosses. That's, that's what made him such a com- uh, compelling character. <laughs> but that's not something that's considered endorsing. <laughs> it's just something you want to do. It's it's a, uh, his whole switch. Thirteen was great. It's great to me though. Oh yeah, it uh, was really well done. It's great. 
It is considered the yeah. best babyface heel switch of all time, and I would definitely agree with that. And and here's the thing. I think, looking back on it, this is where Travis was at fault. Because the idea that I pitched to him was similar to that of the WrestleMania 13 angle, where Patriot would have you in the ankle lock, and you would never submit. The, your character was never supposed to submit. Your yeah. character was supposed to be in the move for a long time. He would never quit. And that would be your leverage. That, okay, Patriot won the match like Bret Hart. But the feud's got to continue because Patriot may have quote-unquote won, but he never beat you. Like the whole Rocky Balboa-Apollo Creed first fight. Uh, Apollo always kept saying to his manager, man, I won, but I didn't beat him. So it caused Apollo to have to face him again. And meanwhile, Rocky still owed that rematch. So the same thing with you. I never tapped out. I never submitted. You still don't you're still not the best. You still haven't put me down. And Travis, where he screwed up was he made it look like a screw job finish. So it just came off much worse, in my opinion, than it should have. He, I remember he wasn't in the move very long. Mm, no. I, remember, I don't know. I, don't, I remember Bruce. <laughs> I remember Bruce posting something with a picture and said, does it look like he tapped out? <laughs> does it look like he passed out or whatever? Does it look like a man that's passed out? No, and and, and that was yeah. the thing. He was Your, your <clears throat> guy was supposed to be in the move for much longer than it was. Like, if you watch the match with Alex and, and Patriot, Alex is in that move for a long time. Now, granted, there's like some editing schemes here and there, but he had him in the move for a long time, and I think he should have done the same for your character. Have you in the move for a long time, and whether it be because of pass out or the ref's just like this, whatever, come up with some sort of scheme where you never tap out. You still, you not only keep your credibility, but actually it's added up some. Because you never gave up. It's the old homage of, well, he never surrendered. And even there, you could still uh, argue, okay, after that, Ray Geddes becomes a babyface. Who knows? You could have gone so many different directions. But instead, that's what happened. And it just left a sour taste, not just in your fans' mouths, but it even left a sour taste of mine. Oh, I, I don't I don't want to blame Travis for anything. I mean, you know, it... It turned out, the feud with me and you turned out pretty good, though. Well, hold on. That's but, not me. That's a Patriot's a whole different person. Let's, let's get the out feud of with me. The feud with me and the Patriot turned uh, out pretty good. I, In the long run, I thought. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that Patriot and I have do, two different physical builds. He's, he's, he's a hardcore Republican. I am sort of neutral. I'm just saying I, I, he, he's confessed his love to Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> I'm just, that, that's just, I'm just saying. Uh, but uh, continuing on, you actually mo moving on from that um, went on to feud with Scott. And I, and I like I loved mine and Scott's feud uh, with, and I got to do some stuff. And 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 what I thought would happen never happened with that feud. After me and Scott, you know. And, won the belt back on me and Travis to have a powwow 
you know, for me and him to butt heads more. I mean, we'd already butted heads. It's like it's like Travis just went away. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, and I'm like, come on, Travis. Everybody's been. Uh, we've been building this up with me and me and Scott this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my man's after not only after Scott, he's after you too. And then I won the belt, and then it's like addressed and into he went from being the bad guy into being a good guy and I know it was because of Alex and your real happy with that with that feud. I would I would much rather it been just me and one it would have made more sense to me if it just been me and Alex one on one. Because uh came me and I'd had words with Alex on his retirement speech and that would have been a very good angle for him to come in and me and him have our few then, you know, but you know, I mean, it is what it is. It, it, some things work, some things don't, I don't think that and worked out the greatest. Well, no, I, I, I told Sean this on the last podcast that it's that, that Patriot run was a lesson learned. Um, it, it, it's interesting because I talked to Alex around Ultimate Glory 5 uh, when when that show was over. And he, he came up to a conclusion. He said to me that everything that Patriot was doing in that portion with him and Alex, or e- even when he was saying uh, that that dreaded word, yeah. uh, he said that if M. Accuracy would have said it, I think the heat would have been a lot less. And his, if M. Accuracy I don't think anything would have would have came about with it. But but why why I just want your opinion. I I pretty much think I know what your answer is, but why do you think that's the case? Uh because inaccuracy inaccuracy is is the bad guy. Mhm. Yeah. But Patriot was also a bad guy in that scenario. That scenario, yeah. They wasn't used, used to him being in my own opinion, I don't think they were used to him being Okay, and one thing, right, and people that actually know me know in general, okay, my, you know, I've had this talk with you, you know, I, you know about my, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to like go into it, but no, what do you, mean? Actually know, you know what I mean, but I think, you know, some of them, kind of took because they know about that too they kind of took that offensive okay well, you don't, don't say that word to Ray you know so I mean but well it, okay let, let me just explain to you my uh, the, the thinking that was there it was the idea that um, and again it's not the right thinking it was just it, the, the situation is done and over with but the situation at hand was okay um, the Patriot thought in his head, this is the character talking. That okay, I did all and this for you, and I'm angry. That one because- time wouldn't have been as bad either. I'm not trying to cut you off, okay? So saying that that one time and that one promo wouldn't have been as bad either. But then you went and you got angry, <laughs> and what? you said it. I don't know. That one promo you said it at least thirty-five times, man. I and don't. That's why. 
I, well, there was several of them, but that's <laughs> the point. Of, well, I think what also added to it, I said this in the Sean podcast, was that when you get people messaging you that, oh, wait, you're doing a good job, keep doing what you're doing, it sends a mixed signal because yeah. that's that's where the confusion began because it was like, wait a minute, if, if I'm getting compliments, but the compliments are not uh, deviating to Travis or whoever it is, it just, like, that's going to cause, me- like, okay, it'd be like, let's say, for example, Ray Geddes, for example. Let's just say you decided one day you're going to completely change the Ray Geddes character. Let's just say Ray Geddes is going to be uh, corporate Ray Geddes. I- I'm just talking out of my ass here, but let's just say he became corporate, and Ray's going to completely change his whole entire character. And then Ray does things that are completely deviated from what you usually do. And you get people who are messaging you saying, this is really different. Keep doing what you're doing. And then all of a sudden, one day, a big explosion happens and everyone's just said, you've come to find out that what you were doing was actually causing a negative effect. It would be confusing. I take responsibility in the sense that I don't think Patriot should ever be a serious character. He should always be a goofball. Even if he's in the world title picture, he should always be... Like, even The Rock. The Rock was always clowning his opponent. The Rock yeah. The Rock was always saying something funny and witty and whatever. That's how Patriot should always be. That, I think where that went wrong was that he was just being too serious. And I don't think he should ever be that way. Uh, uh, like I say, the... You know, they... But when he did promo after promo with, that's when everybody, I think, it just riled everybody up. They're like, "Man, can you say something else? Please, just say something else." It felt like they were they were hearing the same promo from you. You know what I mean? With that, I, I, that was my understanding of it from from what I, I talked to people. Now, moving going back to Scott. Um, Scott was obviously uh, a guy that you had a long-standing feud with, but in my opinion, it felt more like you were feuding more with Travis than you were with Scott. Like, Scott was your guy that to feud with, but it felt like more of the conflict was you and Travis. Do you feel the same way? In some in some regards, yes. Uh, now, you know, I wanted to get my hands on Scott, too, because Scott had come out there and what I had, what, a six-minute title hook? Title. Yeah, it was money in the title, bank. What, six minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. He came in, cashed money in the bank. So, yeah, I was wanting to get my hands on him, and then, and then he had uh, Tommy turn on me too. Mm-hmm. Moonshine made him turn on me too. Well, you know, I was wanting to get my hands on him, and uh, but Travis, because I felt like Travis itself felt like Travis orchestrated that whole thing. Uh, yeah, he was the, the, the puppet master telling his people yeah, to do to, to, to Exactly. So, you know, that when I did my promos, I always kept that because, you know, you, you go after, you, you know, if you watch a movie, whatever, you know, they, they might cut off the legs or whatever of going after, like, Taken. 
you've oh, seen the movie Taken. Yes, I have. All right. You know, he go he chops them out little piece by piece there, okay? And then he goes after the ring guy there at the end of it. All right, it's the same way. You know, that's the way focus was always, you know, good example mm. of the baby. But, you know, but you get what I'm saying. Right. Uh, I always felt like Scott uh, just – you could have put anybody in that spot, and the results would have definitely have been the same. Uh, but do you feel that Travis was a perfect foil, and do you wish that it would have lasted a lot longer? I wish – like I said, I wish mine and Travis – I wish after God's feud was over. I wish it would have broke off into me and Travis. That's where it was going to go to begin with, and it and it it didn't. And and that's all right. I mean, you know, we we had some good stuff there, and you know, I mean, I enjoyed my time when I was in COH. I really did. Uh, you know, things just fell apart with me and Travis. You know, there at the end, and uh, but we we made up today, and I'm glad of that. You know. Right. Well, without going into, like you said, you didn't want to go too personal. Without going into the personal details of what was going on uh, in your situation, what exactly did Travis do that just set you off? That made you just go, you know what, screw this. It wasn't just Travis. It was a number of things with my personal life that was going on, too. And uh, I just kind of went over the deep end with everything I had, I had, uh, family problems or not family problems. I had new family, uh, just a number of things that was going on in my life. And, you know, I didn't want to tell, I didn't want to burden everybody with my problems. I don't tell nobody all that, you know? So, but, uh, I kind of took it out on Travis. My, it was my thing. Travis didn't do nothing that that should have warranted anything that I did. And I, but I did. I felt insulted. I do remember that. If by the lack of communication between me and Travis, mm-hmm. certain things. I, I remember. I remember that. But I mean, you know, I overreacted. He overreacted. You know. But I do remember coming back to him about a week later to ask him, you know, if he had fixed everything, if he got everything worked out. Because what I was going to do, I was going to tell him to just leave my guy on there. You know, and he said that he already had everything fixed out, though. I was going to tell him if you didn't, just leave him on there. And, you know, but I knew there was going to come a point, promos as well. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was feuding with Caleb Blair at the time. And I knew I wouldn't be able to cut promos for for quite a while, you know. And uh, I was trying to like run a thing to where I could get some GSF guys in there. Basically, what they was going to do cover my slack, you know. Uh, but but you know it didn't happen that way. So uh, it's all over with. And like I said, we we made up, and I'm glad we have. Well, yeah, I I don't I didn't expect that to be and, and it's Scott's Scott's reading we did. Mm, right, I, I didn't Scott expect set us up in a 
he set us up in a uh, Facebook talk and just said, and I in like a Facebook chat group, right? And uh, and I, he just said talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds like Scott, um, <laughs> but. I didn't see that moment as uh, close the door, there's no way that this will ever be rekindled type of thing. It just seemed like a situation where give it about uh, X amount of time and they'll start talking again. But um, the, the only thing I remember out of that day specifically, I'd have to go back to my chats because Travis had alerted me the day that it happened. I believe it was a Friday because I do remember I had to hit back to pick up my girlfriend from work uh mostly the only thing from your idea that i recall was that you were going to go back to being healed and the criticism that i drew of that was didn't we try this already and and nobody wanted to boo you so it's like what's the point of trying to turn a guy healed that's just going to get cheered anyways it isn't i, I would have been back to being healed kind of like but i would have been with with my group of GSF guys there. Uh, Isaac, uh, Owen, Roger, there, all of them would have been, and I would have brought in Wes Wade. Right. And they would have all kind of, it was kind of like a little takeover angle, but an invasion angle, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I mean, you know, I would, and uh, then Wes got this promo, uh, which Wes is really good. He cut this promo and it tied everything in together. I mean, it really did. It tied everything together. Then mm -hmm. his promo from what had had occurred from COH made sense. And, you know, I think it would have worked out and it, it would have covered me is what it would have done. That's what, why we was trying to do this anyway. Uh, because I, I wasn't going to be able to cut a promo. Well, I can't cut a promo for for Blair and them, that's going to really take away from that main event mm. from, for Ultimate Glory. Uh, you know, I just wasn't going to be able to uh, because of things I had going on in my personal life. So, mm -hmm. but I mean, you know, it all worked out for the best. I mean, you know, I, I love Mason Chronic. I'm glad he's there now. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I have enjoyed Mason Chronic. I I seem to be the only one that, and I like the fact that he always he always uh, character. Yeah, like this his new stuff here that he's you know he's gone from this kind of a little bit of comedy with him. Now he's very serious. Mm hmm. So. I I I've been the only one that criticized this so i guess i i, I state my opinion and just say it as hey, don't do what i say because everybody else seems to not care i've always said the voice changer just kind of like turns me off a little bit because it's like it, it's not even like it's a voice changer in a way that it, it, it's you can distinguish this voice as a real voice you can clearly tell that somebody is trying to disguise their voice and when he showed me, well, he didn't show me, but he sent a voice clip of his actual voice. To me personally, it didn't sound as bad as he was making it out to be. Uh, otherwise, the guy's fine. Um, he 
obviously is well liked amongst the community so that always is a good thing because you don't want to be disliked amongst the community uh i always i also felt this wasn't his fault though that it was a bit rushed i mean travis was just put in a bad situation yeah, he was. Uh, so, and, and like I said, I, I take full blame for that. That's my fault. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, so. I also think Travis, what he did wrong, and that's, well, I'm talking in the aftermath. What he did wrong was he was so preoccupied with keeping every match together. And, and I get that because there are matches that, that are on the show that, that you have built for some time or whatever you had planned. But sometimes, uh, what is the, the card subject to change? I know it doesn't really apply here, but there is a point where you're going to have to maneuver things around, and I think Caleb Blair's opponent in Ultimate Glory should have been somebody who either A, could fill in that spot, and again, this is just my opinion. Everybody seems to think Mason Chronic was the perfect guy. So, it's, it's, it's it, Travis made the right choice in this regard because the majority outbeats the minority. Uh, so, but I would have picked somebody that Caleb Blair not only uh, had history with, but somebody that was viable enough to fill in that spot who is either a a former world champion or B has been built up long enough to get that spot. And I think Mason Chronic, at that point, was 97 Goldberg, maybe 96 Goldberg, whenever Goldberg debuted, where he had, like, only maybe 30 wins under his belt. I think he only had, like, that type of amount of wins, and he was already yeah. going for the world title, whereas Goldberg had to go, like, 150-0 and 0 before he got his world title. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's just but, my opinion on that. Uh, I mean... I like Chronic. I mean, I, I don't think he's on. I think it's panned out from what because because Chronic's really good. Okay, I mean he, he yeah. he's, he's really good with, with the promos and uh, and his character's good. And I, you know, like I said, I can't stress enough how he reinvents everything. You know, ever so often, I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know unless you would have put you've put in it. Um, there was only three names that came to mind that I would have put in it. Um, and all three of these guys have had Kayla, uh, history with Caleb Blair at some point. And again, picking these names, yes, you're going to have to take them out of their originally scheduled match and have to fill in the void. Um, the first one would be Kevin, Kevin Cross, because they had a feud before... Uh, I think it was right before Caleb started uh, name-dropping you in his promos. Uh, yeah, so he had that feud with Kevin. Um, obviously, you would have to fill in a, an opponent for AJ. AJ Young would have been my other pick because AJ Young, at that point, in my opinion, had been way above the Pride title. Like At that point, the, the Pride title was dragging him down. He didn't need that belt anymore. He could have dropped it somewhere along the way, gotten rid of it, let somebody else deal with the pride title for that show, and then have AJ Young face Caleb Blair in that spot. And then the third guy was the Patriot. And uh, at that point, I didn't expect Patriot to even win that match because Caleb was supposed to win. And uh, knowing what would happen to Austin Reed... Patriot being taken out of that and then just putting into that, it's like whatever. It doesn't really matter at that point. 
But those were the three names I had thought would have been a better replacement at the time. But again, that's just my own personal opinion. And more people seem to be content with Mason Chronic. And I'm not against it because, again, the guy, I think he's very good at what he does. Despite my criticisms, he's a very good promo. He's very uh, entertaining to listen to. Um, just those little minute details, some of which aren't even his fault, are my criticisms. So that was just how I would have done things. But again, Travis was also the same guy that brought Smokey into the main event, which I thought was terrible. So, uh, he, And he said the other day he brought it in for name value. Well, I'm not even saying the name value part. That's, yeah. that's not where my criticism is drawing. What I would have done in that situation is Nitro wins the match. Show ends with him celebrating. The draft show, Nitro comes out, does the speech. Then you do that spot with Stefan coming out with the money in the bank and then have Smokey come in. It did not have to be at the end of Ultimate Glory. It'd be like if, um, let's just say, Alexa Bliss never cashed in her money bank. Let's say she's still money in the bank right now. Let's just say at the end of WrestleMania, Becky Lynch wins that freaking title and uh, is about to celebrate. And then Alexa Bliss comes in and attacks her with the briefcase and is looking like she's about to cash in. And then somebody who's in the independence, let's just say uh, Rosemary or, or Sexy Star or one of those people, comes in and takes over. I don't even care if I'm a fan of them. I still would not like that because it's like... The end of Ultimate Glory or WrestleMania or whatever should be the babyface who have triumphed uh, from tooth and nail, raising that belt in the air. Everybody's cheering, everybody celebrates, and the logo comes, bang. It does not have to be over-convoluted. Uh, but I think Travis did learn from that mistake because he did ask me a day or two later about that finish. And it, I, I came to realize that I'm not the only one that gave him uh, oh, not no. static about it. So People that gave him static about it. Oh, yeah. Lots of people. But I guess yeah. I also heard people gave him static because it was smoky. Yes. Yeah, a lot did because it was smoky. I don't I don't know the guy personally. I would like to have him on the show to be able to talk about his side of things. Um, I do feel I do feel he's he's like um, Daniel in a way. He doesn't think before he says stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's that's part of it. He's not a bad guy. No. He, he just thinks highly of himself. Right. And, and that's not even <laughs> a bad of thing. Highly of, of his character. And uh, a bad guy. He don't have any malicious intent. No. You know, with everything. Uh, I'm not even saying he's, he's, that's a bad quality. You should, you should always think highly of yourself because that's how you succeed. It's like, you know, you're good. You know, you deserve what. Uh, well, I shouldn't say deserve. You've earned your your spot, quote unquote. Deserve sounds more like uh, somebody handing it to you as opposed to you earning it. But he, uh, yeah, he thinks highly of himself. But there was an old saying about Terry Taylor. The, the the reason why he was given the Red Rooster gimmick was that he was the quote unquote cock of the walk. And if he was as half as good as he says he is, he would be a world champion. So he was slapped with the Red Rooster. I don't know if necessarily I put Smokey in that same position because I don't know of his credentials outside of COA. Uh, he, 
he's been a world champion in places, but uh, I don't know all of his credentials, and he's been in big feuds. But what's your opinion on him as a talent? Oh, I'll uh, I'll tell you that outside of uh, this interview. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um. Fair enough. Uh, you talked about uh, Alex. You said that you you wanted to have a one on one feud with him. You actually did have a match with him. Was, I think it was at the last uh, call, Stars. Yes, and that's going to continue over on to eleven. Uh, the way it ended, and you know you have to watch the next episode of GSF to find out what happens. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like go into detail with it, but you have to watch next episode of GSF to find out what happens. Well, what about your? <laughs> it um, up. What about your match with Caleb? You had that, I know that, but wasn't there like a screw job finish that kind of left it inconclusive? But on on uh, right out, if I remember right. It was at a call starters nine. Nine, yeah. I believe he beat, beat me outright. If oh, I remember you? right. Oh, I'd have to rewatch yeah. that. And that was fine with me. I mean, he he sent me because he was still wanting to have that match after I left. And I, I was fine with that. I didn't have a problem at all. You know, uh, but I I found it funny, and I've said this on with speaking with Sean, Sean the uh, other day, or actually on the episode with me and Sean O'Connor on it, uh, <laughs> about it. Mm -hmm. And I never got back to him. Like I said, I was super busy then because I still had everything going on. And, uh, and then he, had, he did another, he did a promo about it. Cause I couldn't. And then he did another promo. I kind of answered him in the ECW chat. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do it. And I answered him like two or three sentences with in character, you know, and, uh, <laughs> he said something about that in it. Well, I come back and I actually did a promo. I got time to do a promo, did a promo. Oh, and I, I let in on him with it just because it, it don't matter how, how I answered you. <laughs> just be glad I answered you. <laughs> right. Right. That's yeah. I, I was, um, that was an odd one, but like, like I said, I'm glad I, we had. It. I'm glad we had it, and we got some closure with it. And he got some closure with that, right? Because I remember that that match between you and him was built for like months before you quit. Because I think yeah. you quit in June, if I'm correct. It was in June because I came back at anniversary. You were still there at that point. It was, yeah, the night I came. It was in. Yeah. I was on vacation, and I remember the show was uploaded. It was in May. I remember the night that I came back was your last match with Kevin, and then you got beat up by Caleb, and then it just left. Yeah, and if I'd known all this was going to happen, and all that was going to happen, I would have told him to make me drop the belt to Kevin. Mm, yeah, well. Then. High, high and that would, it would, everything would set up in perfect. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, but. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm still waiting for my feud with Caleb as well, because I had left a, a teaser twice, actually, in COH. The first time being with 
me and Alex beating him up in the hotel room. And then the second time was me trying to recruit him in the eradication. And he basically told me to go eat a dick. Uh, and yeah. I never got that. We never got to have that match with each other. So, uh, and since and the only company Yo. I know he's in is PCW and I'm Mo Houston there. I don't know if that'll ever happen. More than even more than PCW. Well, it, uh, he may be, but if he is, he don't cover the VWE shows. Well, if he is, the Immaculacy character ain't there either. So, and I have, and I've never been recruited in uh, any other VWE show that I know of. I know um, D Wall wanted to make amends and bring me back onto his show and work out some things. I have not heard any sort of response from him on what he wanted to do. I told him, just give me somebody you want me to work with. Tell me where we're going with it, and I'll give you the best I can. Still haven't heard back from him. You and Daywall had problems? Mm, problems is a strong word. Jeez. I I, I, I I never really had a cross word with, with D-Wall as far as like a fuck you, fuck you type of thing. Yeah. The only thing I have criticism of D-Wall, and I think it's, I'm just basically echoing a sentiment, is that his communication is very, very bad. Um, like, I literally messaged him in May of 2016 asking if he had an open spot on his show, and he didn't get back to me until October. That's how, like, long it took for him to get back to me. Uh, and it took, like, at least a good year for him to finally bring me on the show, and the communication was still off, because it was like, I get it, uh, some car owners expect the pro, uh, they endorse talent to just do their own promos, and I get that. I could do that with Travis, because I've known Travis for 12, about 10 years, so I have that, he has that trust in me, and I have that trust in him. The thing is, I don't know D-Wall. I don't know what his vision is for this feud that he wants me to do. So if I cut a promo and it doesn't match what he's looking for, if I say key words that are not to his liking, I don't want him to come up to me and be like, I don't need, you can't say that you got to redo this promo because I hate doing the same thing twice. Uh, I'm like that at my own job. So Pretty flexible, though. He'd worked around whatever you said. But I, I've worked with him. Right, but that's me knowing that now. I didn't know that a year or two ago when he actually did finally bring me onto his show. I don't want to screw up somebody's program or screw up their vision of their of the feud. So, but besides that, I don't know D Wall all that well. I don't know him personally. All I know is that he wanted to renegotiate and bring my character in. Again, but I said to him in our last message, hey, just give me something to work with. I'll let you pick, and I'll do the best I can with this person. D-Wall's D a good guy, though. He, he's a good guy. Uh, I know, you know, I think he's had some problems with, like, Sean or somebody or something before. I don't know. But uh, he, overall, they're good. they're good guys. You know, I mean... I can't speak for everybody with the BWU, mm -hmm. just the ones I know, you know. Uh, Eddie Mack's great. Yeah, I don't, know, I, I don't know Eddie Mack that well either. I don't know him personally. I don't think I've ever even had a conversation with Eddie Mack. So. <sighs> he's, he's a good guy, and he, he listens to you whenever, booking-wise and, and 
everything. But I mean, like as far as like, ah, he's a good guy too, you know, not just like a good owner, car owner, you know, mm-hmm. show owner in general. I the only the closest thing I could say I've had with Eddie Mack, and it wasn't even with him directly, was conspiracy. That's the only work I did with him, and I didn't even deal with him directly. I just basically was told by Sean Walsh, that is, that he uh, after I requested just to do one more match with Sean O'Connor, because I personally did not like my match with Sean O'Connor at Call All Stars. Uh, I was thinking maybe we could do this again, and he he said yeah let's do it again. Well actually at that initial point he wasn't sure, but then he came back to me and said let's do it again. So we did it a conspiracy in a Hell in a Cell match, and this time I went over and and I was even less satisfied with the Hell in a Cell than I was with our Carl Osters match because I felt like I made him look weak. If I'm if I'm gonna beat somebody, I don't want to squash them or, or or make them look like a joke. I'm not, I'm not, I don't gain anything destroying you. Unless, again, we're talking, I, I said to Sean Walsh in the last show, unless it's like a, an Austin Reed Patriot thing where Austin's leaving call for good and there is, there's nothing to gain with Austin having a 10, 15 minute match and then losing. It's like, well, make it a 20 second deal. Unless Sean O'Connor was to leave call, period. I have no desire to make him look bad. It doesn't, it doesn't make me look any better. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, and I think, and and with Sean O'Connor, he he was very good. He was a very good opponent for me. He was a complete antithesis of that. In fact, I'm not sure if you feuded with him. I think you and Sean could have. Yeah, if in AWF, you did. We had yeah, we we had a great feud in AWF. I had, and it was going on around the time that my personal stuff was going on too, mm-hmm. and my. And everything, so I, I couldn't cut promos there towards the end of it. Right. I would totally have to look at that because I could see Sean O'Connor right We had some good stuff. Him. We had some good stuff, some good promos back and forth between each other mm. when I did get to. I would, I would also like to see Sean, if, if it hasn't happened, I'll look through the AWF archives if it did, a Sean O'Connor J-Crack feud. I think that would be very enjoyable. That'd be pretty good. So, Sean Walsh, if you're listening, I gave you your money feud. Um, well, we've touched upon AWF. We've touched. Well, actually, the only thing we haven't touched upon, uh, other than the future, is I, I, I never would have thought that this would be a team. Is you and Sean Walsh. It's a good team. It's a great team. We make a good team with ACW. In ACW, yes, we do. It's a great team because when I look at it from face value, Sean Walsh, Ray Geddes, I look at it as, huh? But then when I actually see it, the the Scorpion and and you having the Scorpion thing, I'm like, it does make sense. Um, (laughs) Sean comes from Pennsylvania, but he could look like your little brother. I could see this working, and it does work. It's just one of those things where it's like, this could be the major brothers again, except they actually win matches. Been, uh, I've been telling him, instead of just being the Scorpion, he needs to be the Scranton Scorpion. There you go. 
I, I like because it. it's right down it's right down the road from here. I like the two S sounds together, S D sounds together. Just like mine, I'm the southern southern scorpion. So mm. <clears throat> it, I like the, the S sounds together. That is it, it was a team that I can honestly say that if I sat here and tried to come up with a partner for you, at that point I could never have imagined Sean being your partner. But then when it actually comes to play, it's like Wow, it actually does make a whole lot of damn sense. So. And what started that, I wanted to do something different when I went to ECW, too. Uh, I didn't want to just come in and try to go directly. I just wanted to do something different other than trying to go for the title or a big name feud or whatever, you know. And, uh, hell, I said, you know, it would be good. I said, let me, let me just ask Sean. Just let me ask him. And so I called or texted him or messaged him on Facebook and said, Hey, man, hey, uh, I got an idea. Uh, I said, Me and you should be a tag team called the Raging Scorpions mm. in ECW. He said, hey, man, I like that. Mm. <laughs> I got to give Sean and credit. I uh, the, the tag team thing. He's always going for tag teams, so. Oh, yeah, yeah he, and he's good in tag teams. Oh, yeah, but the fact that he he's he is giving a stigma that it's not bad to do tag teams. And oh, no, and it's not, and and every show needs tag teams. Well, yeah. And tag, team, and, and tag teams help build you up as an individual, too. Mm-hmm. It, it also helps if you're f really good friends with the person you team it with because it brings more magic. Me and Alex being my favorite thing. Well, actually, uh, Patreon Call Jams is another, but uh, look at uh, currently Jay Crack and AJ. They're great friends, and obviously they're dominating the tag team division, especially in Call All-Stars, because these are two guys that are legit friends, and they can communicate with each other in ways that, let's just say... Me and, I don't know, throwing it out there. Uh, Aether just recently um, on Facebook, but I don't really know Aether all that well. I'm sure yeah. we can create magic, but, like, Aether probably doesn't, uh, like, I don't know, like, how to bounce off of Aether, and probably Aether wouldn't know how to bounce off of me. Not saying it couldn't be magic, but you could probably see more magic come out of, let's just say, myself and Caleb, or in this case, you and Roger Terry. Let's just say Roger Terry could cut promos. You and Roger could probably be the most entertaining tag team ever because you guys know each other. Yeah. Well, me, me and Ike, me and Wes Wade, also, actually, I just feuded with Mike Sutton, me and Big Mike. Mm -hmm. It could probably be a good tag team because I mean those guys, I I've known them my whole my whole life just about. Yeah. So, uh, and that's that's one I, I dropped the belt to him. Yes, mm. if because uh, he's really good, and and he's a good guy, and you know I mean I kind of put on the whole in the making or whatever i mean you know when i had to drop gsf from community creation that's who i was supposed to at uh at our what was called it was wrestle fest mm. 
I was supposed to take it on, take him on there, and uh, I had to shut it down. I had to stop making it and creating it. So he never got to, but he never did go into another company or nothing. But as soon as we, you know, I told him I was going to bring it back, he said, Well, I'm cutting the promo today then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, we talked a lot about stuff, and I always try to make the last subject the future. What could we see in the future for Ray? What can we see in the future for GSF? What could we see in the future for just you and Carl in general? Future not too far down the road, you're going to see Ray. So, uh, year or so. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to do more stuff like I'm doing with GSF. Is mm-hmm. why. Uh, some of my guys for GSF name out there and you know I'm getting pretty old man I ain't gonna be doing this forever uh, <laughs> you know I want to get some of their names out there so they can go and go to other other uh, places and, and still enjoy doing cause, you know some of them are younger than me a little bit younger than me I mean, at least with Caw, you can do this until you're 70, and it won't be embarrassing. I could do this at 70 if I want to, but I mean, you know, I'm not gonna do that till I'm that old. I mean, but I'm gonna do it until I till I don't enjoy it anymore. You know, I mean, if it if it takes my stress level down, you know, it takes my stress level down, helps me have a little something to do. You know, that occupies my mind away from things for a little while. You know. Or that, that's what I enjoy about this because I love wrestling and it's a yeah. an outlet to just you know create some art and have some fun with some people yeah. so so I, I really in the editing stuff mm-hmm. uh, yeah putting like, stuff together that don't see too often in call. Mm. Uh. And and let me preface this by saying that to guys, I'm not saying the editing is a nightmare. Like I, I I've been saying on the show, you're, like just saying, been, you're just saying it. it's not saying it's a nightmare. You're saying it's uh, it's just tough. It's it's hard. There there hard, is hard. yeah. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah. Just you giving you be, that warning. You have to show a lot of patience with it. Mm. And and we're just talking the editing. We're not even talking about the, I guess you could call it the quote-unquote politics, where you're going to deal with talent that's going to be unhappy with their spot or unhappy with their character or unhappy with a storyline or, or happy with a loss or whatever. You're going to yeah. be dealing with that. There's going to be, okay, yes, it's a hobby, but there is going to be things that irk us about this hobby that, that we thought could have been better. It's just how it is. Yeah, that I mean, I mean, that's all part of it. If you're gonna create a show, right? Uh, so a relation, you have to build a good relationship with your guys. Though. And because, like I said, with GSF guys, I, I've known them my life. Mm. So I mean, you know, it it makes it easier on you. Definitely, you, you disagree about things, but you know, you're not going to get too too upset about things, you know, but, uh, 
and they know how much work I put into it. Mm. Six months to make this last episode. Yeah. So, I mean, they know how much work I put in. So they're not going to pl- complain a whole lot. Those guys. Now, I got other guys on the roster that, and whatnot, you know, they they got to understand. This is, this is what I always say to them. You need to be a fan of the show first character on it. Oh, what yeah. the hell's that way? You know what the hell's going on? You know, I mean, you're a fan. You don't want to just come in and just watch your watch your character. You want to know what's going on with everything. And the reason I say that because I'm taking the time to do this. I ain't thinking, I'm not doing it for myself. You know, I mean, although I do love the editing stuff, so I am kind of doing it for myself. Uh, for the guys, you know, I mean, I don't care. You know, we were talking about viewers one day. I don't care if I don't get, but views or 43 views, however many people I got on my roster. Right. Put, get, put the show together for. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you're going to appreciate your own work, or at least I would hope you would. Yeah. I mean, as long as they are good. Mm. Well, we've, we're reaching an hour and 40 minutes, so we actually had some great dialogue here. Uh, Ray, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, once this uh, recording's off, you're going to tell me. The yeah, off- I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you off the record. De- definitely. <laughs> so, um, this has been episode five of Cause Accurate Podcast. Again, Ray, thank you for coming on as always, and all of you. Um, since we've got a raging redneck who likes to drink, uh, I've got my whiskey here somewhere, so I'll I'll pop a cold one for you. So, everybody. Have a good one, and uh, yeah, uh, don't kill anybody, at least not today. Um, maybe when somebody becomes a zombie, you can kill them, but until then, stay away from crime. doesn't pay. <laughs>